season never ends. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion! With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. What's up? I'm Scott Prather. Welcome to November. Good to see Wyclef Jean has returned. It's cool outside, but not as cold as my take last week that the Cajuns, Tigers, and the Saints would all win and all cover. Now, in the world of non-betters, the covering doesn't really matter because the Saints won and the Cajuns won. But the, K- the LSU, they didn't. They didn't. <laughs> they didn't win. There's some issues there. There is a clear breakdown between coaches and players. They do not look like they are on the same page. We got a lot to dig into from the Saints' overtime win, their second overtime win of the season against the Chicago Bears. They have not lost to the Bears, man, long time. Ten years. I mean, they they're on a six game winning streak against Chicago dating back to 2011. And yesterday, it was close. It was close. You know, the uh, the Bears had a I got what 73 percent win probability at some point in that game. Um, when it was tied up and it was. I don't know. The Saints were were punting in overtime, fourth and two. And I, I was, look, I was a little surprised there. A little surprised the Saints decided we're not going to try to go for it here. Uh, put the ball back in the hand, put the game back in the hands of the defense. And they came through in a big way. Hendrickson got a sack, a coverage sack. And Saints got the ball back, got down the field, and got the win. Won the turnover battle, won the time of possession, won the first down battle. Won the total yards battle. We're playing anyone at wide receiver. It's, it felt like at times, but they got the W. We got a lot to get into between the Cajuns, Tigers, Saints, the football weekend that was. Hope everyone had a safe and happy Halloween. Raging Cajun head football coach Billy Napier drops by at 715. Going to talk to him and then a good bit of Cajun football after that. You know, when it comes to the Saints, there are some things this year that have been inconsistent. There are some things this year that we know they do really well. Okay, we've been saying it for a while now, but when it comes to the two-minute drill, Drew Brees is magnificent. Magnificent. No Michael Thomas, no Emmanuel Sanders. No Marquez, Marquez Calloway, which might sound funny considering well, he's a UDFA rookie. Well, you saw what he did last week when he led the team in receptions, eight catches for 85 yards. But when you look at the Saints in the two-minute drill, I mean, they're, they're just they're tremendous. Nine plays, 86 yards, 96 seconds, and you get a touchdown before the half with three seconds left. And, yeah, Chicago's defense and, and the Jared Cook touchdown on that specific play was absolutely horrendous. 
It was horrendous. But at that point, you had scored three points the entire first half. You're down double digits. Chicago's getting the ball coming out of the half. Biggest drive of the game. Week before you get a touchdown going into the half to Deontay Harris with five seconds left, no timeouts this week, no timeouts, three seconds. You're 13 yards or 16 yards. I mean, you're just barely in the red zone. Reeves to Cook, bang. But the two-minute offense, man. The two-minute offense. And on top of that, you got a, you, you had a sack for minus eight yards on that drive, which led Chicago to call a timeout because they thought they were going to get the ball back. You had a fourth down conversion. But the success rate of, of, of that drive is no surprise because in the two-minute drill, no time to overthink it, quick release, bam, go. It starts off, breeze to, to Jarek 11. Then the breeze sack. Then the short pass to Deontay Harris, only a gain of five. The timeout. Then it's Kamara just making things happen. Gets 12 yards on a third and 13. Then he runs for the first down onto the on the outside. I think it was what? It was it a toss sweep? Gain of seven. Then it's breeze to Traquan Smith for four. Then it's breeze to Kamara uh, for eight. Then it's the deep pass to Harris, but pass interference as he gets hold, held. Now they got it. 12 seconds left. Incomplete. Cook should you know, Cook couldn't adjust to the ball because of that, that wonderful turf at Soldier Field. Okay, let's try it again. Cook, bang, 10 to 13. The entire complex of the game shifts. Now it's like, okay, the Saints are coming. The Saints are coming because Chicago comes out of the first half. And, you know, don't do anything. They punt after five plays. Can't gain anything. Or no, that was, excuse me, that was, uh, was that the interception? Yeah. They punt it. No, they punt it, but Deontay Harris has a really nice return. 16 yards. Saints get the field goal. Then after that, it's the INT. Then the Saints get a lead, and... Um, they would never trail again. Of course, it got a little hairy at times, didn't it? Sets up a gigantic game next Sunday at Tampa Bay, who plays tonight in a win game against the Tampa, against uh, the New York Giants. But there are there are some things again you know about this team. You know things that they do well. You also know things they don't do well, which you know pass coverage. It wasn't awful for the entire game yesterday, but there were moments. The other thing you know they do really well is, or maybe maybe they is is the wrong way to put it. He would probably be the better way to put it. Alvin Kamara, my goodness. He doesn't want to see any of that here this afternoon. Doesn't matter. Kamara gets a first down and more. Alvin Kamara inside the 25 to the 21. Right there, and then they just collapse. That left side, and you see the cutback lane then that Alvin Kamara has. I mean, and that win on Sunday last week, they're going to need him here in this game to handle that inside running game. Second down and eight. Breeze fires. That's Kamara middle of the field, and off he goes. Alvin Kamara brought down by Jackson after he turns in a huge play of 48 yards. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
100, he's averaging 141 yards from scrimmage per game. He had 163 yards from scrimmage yesterday. You know when Adrian Peterson won the MVP in 2012, he averaged 144 yards from scrimmage that year? Kamara's averaging 141 right now. And if he isn't on this team or if he's the one dealing with an injury, the chances of the Saints being 2-5 and five instead of 5-2 and two are high. Look, we've talked about We've talked about teams in the past that win a lot of one-score games and how it might be a recipe for them to take a step back the next year. Okay, okay, that's next year. Right now, this year, there's only one game this year that hasn't been a one-possession game, and that was the season-opening win over the Bucks that they won by 11 and scored a touchdown late that was an inch short, and they wiped it off the board nearly 40-23. to 23. But the point is... At the end of that game, it was over. It was done with. You knew who was going to win. There's only one win that's been a one-score game, and there's only been one loss, and that was the one at the Raiders. So week one, you win double digits, then you lose double digits. Every game since then, you lost to the Packers by seven. You beat the Lions by six. You beat the Chargers in overtime by three. You beat the Panthers by three. You beat the Bears in overtime by three. That's four straight wins, one possession games. Another thing we know that the Saints do well, because now I think we've got enough of a a body of work to judge it from. The 2020 Saints, what do they do well? They win close games. Tight one-score game, Saints are good at winning them. If they find themselves in a one-score game Sunday night at Tampa Bay, we'll see. But Alvin Kamara... Helps lead the Saints to a uh, another escape and a win. And look, there were look, there's there's sloppiness in the secondary, and we'll get to the Javon Wims. Just I'll never understand a player throwing a punch with a helmet on. Wims goes up behind C.J. Gardner Johnson, who ripped his mouthpiece off the play before. I mean, that's what that's, look. That's what Gardner Johnson does. He's a pest. He gets under the skin of opposing players. He gets mad. He gets him mad. He gets him angry. He gets him fired up. He got sucker punched by his own teammate who then got suspended. That teammate just happened to be the reigning NFL Offensive Player of the Year who hadn't played since week one but should be on track to play this Sunday in Tampa. But Wims runs behind him. Open hand punch with the left. Slaps him with the right. Then flinches while Gardner Johnson puts his hands up like, bro, what are you doing? Then he hits him again and then... Norris Jenkins jumps in, takes him down on his back, and Wims gets ejected. That was a bad look. And now, according to Ian Rappaport, the NFL is considering that they might suspend him. Considering? Considering? Ugh. Don't go anywhere. Talk about strong performances. Trey Regis. I mean, what a what a piece. This guy. Consistency, the trust factor, 131 yards on the ground, three touchdowns, and the senior from New Orleans is just what a player, man. One of the better ones to do it for Louisiana's Raging Cajuns. We're going to talk to Coach Napier about him and much more. After we talk to Coach Napier, we'll uh, we'll open up phone lines once again. Well, for the first time this morning, we'll talk about uh, the Cajuns, Tigers, and Saints. 
We're going to talk a little Raging Cajun football next with the head coach of Louisiana. Don't go anywhere. It's the great Scott Show, ESPN 1420. Is your business ready to meet the new COVID-19 safe work environment standards? Let Lofton Safety Services prepare a full response package, including COVID-19 approved cleaning plans, redefined safety policies, and training for your staff. Contact Lofton to discuss a response plan specifically tailored to protect your business, employees, and customers. Call 269-0500. Lofton Safety Services, an essential service for essential services. The following businesses proudly support the broadcast of UL Athletics on ESPN 1420 and News Talk 96.5 KPL. Macro Oil. Recovery Cairo Med. The Law Office of Blaine Berrio. Support these businesses that proudly support the Raging Cajuns broadcast of all UL Athletics all season long. If your business would like to be a part of our UL Booster sponsorship, call Pam Begno at 233-6000. Business owners, did you know 81% of consumers search for a business's website online prior to making No website, no problem. My name is Lori Foreman, and I work for this amazing radio station and can help your business get a professional, affordable website with no contract. Give me a call at 257-1987, and let me help your business stand above your competition with a new professional website that's mobile-friendly and secure. I can also help you promote your business on streaming TVs, YouTube ads, and direct digital marketing. I can deliver your digital ad directly to your perfect customer. And don't forget the power of radio. Radio reaches 93% of the population, and this station can help you get right in front of your customers. Call me, Lori Foreman, 257-1987 now. And let me help your business stomp out the competition. That's Lori Foreman, 257-1987, and let me work for your business. Dell Technologies just announced their Black Friday sale. They're releasing new doorbusters every weekday, plus up to 50% off cutting-edge tech for your business. There's no better time to upgrade your small business with the latest laptops and desktops with Intel Core processors, plus there's free shipping on everything. Yes, everything. Give Dell Technologies a call. They'll identify the right tech solution for your business. Call 877-ASK-DELL or go to dell.com slash Friday. That's 877-ASK-DELL. Finally, Church's New Chicken Sandwich is here. With almost 70 years in the kitchen, it's everything you love about Church's. Between two buns, just $3.99. Thanks for waiting. Church's, bringing that down-home flavor. Offer valid at participating locations. Professional painters know waiting between coats for trim, doors, and cabinets to dry is time out of your day and money out of your pocket. Bare Premium Cabinet and Trim Enamel from The Home Depot lets you finish faster. With excellent flow and leveling, it dries to the touch in one hour. And less dry time means less downtime. Bare Premium Cabinet and Trim Enamel, just $39.98 a gallon. And that's before the Pro Extra Discount, only at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. Available in-store and online. Walgreens has always been there to help make your health care easier. From making sure you have the prescriptions you need to answering any questions you have about them. Now, the question is whether you have the right Medicare plan. And we're here to help make that easier, too. Walgreens can save you money and peace of mind with co-pays as low as $0. Visit walgreens.com slash Medicare today to see how. Walgreens. We make Medicare easy. $0 copay on Tier 1 generic drugs when enrolled in a plan with Walgreens as a preferred pharmacy. On top of first-class care, you will never receive a bill. The only thing we had to worry about was just keeping Azalea comfortable. St. Jude saved her life. Finding cures, saving children. 
Learn more at stjude.org. Eating, working, living pain-free. These are a few of the things many of us take for granted. Yet for many United States military veterans, finding and affording oral health care is a challenge. Dental Lifeline Network is looking for dentists who can change this. Will you volunteer to help people like Richard, a U.S. Naval veteran who suffered severe PTSD after his service? He was left homeless for a period of time, and his oral and overall health are suffering. Because of congressional limitations, the VA can't provide the dental help he needs. Through our Will You See One Vet program, we focus on helping U.S. military veterans like Richard. Now we are seeking more general dentists and specialists to donate treatment to at least one veteran with special needs. When you volunteer with DLN's program to see one vet, we handle the details so you can focus on the care. If you are a dentist or know a dentist, please share this message and help us make a difference in the life of a veteran in need. Visit WillYouSeeOneVet.org to learn more. That's WillYouSeeOneVet.org. This is Louisiana Raging Cajun head baseball coach Matt Deggs, and you're listening to Acadiana's best sports leader, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com. And tap that app at ESPN 1420. Scott Prather, the king of sports talk radio. Surprised? Certainly not. The first year we took it to the limit. Eh, uh, what? The Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Steal the show. And from the ESPN 1420 studios brought to you by Roofing Louisiana. Joining me now, the head coach of Louisiana's Raging Cajuns, who are coming off of a victory on the road at Texas State, 44-34. Billy Napier is our guest. Good morning, Billy. How was your Halloween? Good morning, Coach Napier. How was uh, how was your Halloween? Well, Scott, a lot of good, a lot of bad. You know, um, good thing is I think we uh, we're one and zero in the West, and uh, we're getting ready to start our November push here. You know, it's crunch time, and uh, it's good to be relative, and uh, certainly got a lot to work on. But you know, happy with the win. You know, talking to you and in a few players after the game, Trey Regis being one. Um, you got a you got a road win against the Western Division opponent. That's good, but it, it it felt like everyone on the team the and I'm just reading into the temperament felt like they they left a little bit of food on the plate. Like there's there was a lot more to offer, and you guys just didn't feel you felt like you could have played a lot better. Well, I think we've gotten to a point around here where we take a lot of pride in making the other team earn it. You know, I think we always are evaluating the bad football, as I would say. And we just had a little too much of that, you know. Um, I think that um, defensively, the DPIs and the uh, late hits and uh, offensively the turnovers when you um, – and certainly a handful of special teams miscues. So when you, when you combine those things, uh, I thought we kept the other team in the game, you know, and it, it, we shouldn't have done that. So – Obviously, we took some steps forward on offense and took some steps backwards on defense and special teams. But, you know, like I told the team yesterday, we put together a heck of a highlight tape. You know, it's more about consistency and performance, and that'll be important here down the stretch uh, in November. A couple of uh, issues, Coach, were things that in terms of the number of penalties and the number of turnovers, you guys hadn't done that in a game yet this year. So. Do you feel like this is more of a, um, 
a flash in the, you know, just a one-time deal, or do you have a concern that a couple of these issues have been creeping up for a little while? No, I think it just um, happened to be that type of game. You know, I think that um, all fundamental issues, you know, I mean, we've got to, We've got to carry the ball the correct way. You know, we've got to communicate better in some of these um, tough punt situations where the ball's short, it's on the ground. You know, it's it's really fundamentals. It's communication. Uh, certainly on defense, it's, it's decision-making at the point of competition. You know, I think all these things are very correctable and, and things we've done really well. Um you know, and things we talk a lot about, you know, I think that's what's important here is we've, when we got here a couple of years ago, we started with these things, you know, we're going to fix these things and that's going to allow us uh, to be in contention and have an opportunity to win every game. Um, you know, but I'm going to tell you, we did a lot of good things too, man. I mean, I, I uh, was really proud of, of some of the things that were on the film. Uh, we, we, we did have some veteran players play better. We did have some of our young players play their best football of the season. So we're getting there. And, um, you know, I'm excited about what we can be. We certainly are a work in progress. And, you know, big opponent coming into town this week. ESPN1420.com, Louisiana Region Cajun head coach Billy Napier is our guest. Um, in terms of the two-minute offense, Coach, it seems like something that's worked well uh, in your tenure at UL, and it looked like it uh, it was working good again for you guys on Saturday night, uh, whether it be the seven-play drive. What what is it about you know the hurry up and maybe maybe two-minute? Maybe I'm I'm putting it into a box, but I think you you understand what I'm saying. When you're in more of a a hurry-up mode, what is it? Do you think that that leads to so much success for you guys offensively? Well, I think we work hard at it. You know, I think, um, you know, we've been doing the same things for a long time in those situations. I think the quarterback's very comfortable. Helps when you got timeouts in your pocket and you can, um, you know, I, I do think that you got to have a quarterback. You know, in those situations, there's a lot of trust, you know, in terms of, you know, what's the philosophy of that situation, in particular before the half. You know, where you don't want to give the ball back to the other team, uh, and you certainly don't want to be, uh, take a risk with the ball, you know, so you got to trust your quarterback. And, you know, Levi's done a great job in that area, and uh, we did it twice Saturday, and certainly that was the point where we kind of got the game under control. So, uh, and you got to remember now the defense got some critical stops there, and, um, that allowed us those opportunities. So, you know, I, I think the players have got a lot of confidence uh, in that situation, and the quarterback has played well. Coach Napier, our guest, um, Levi threw it to uh, nine different players, caught a pass. Uh, he, he spread the wealth. Um, Khalif Gossett just being back in the lineup, having the big catch, 46 yards. Uh, his height, the number of injuries he's battled during his time here. When he's on the field, what what is – how does he change the offense for you guys? Well, I, I think just in general, uh, Khalif is a player that has experience. Um, you know, he's been in our program since the very beginning. He knows our system. Um, you know, I think um, I joke around, but, you know, Khalif's been through the ups and the downs, right? He ha- He's had his tail chewed out 
many a time, you know. So he's got thick skin. He's played in some big games. Um, I think he's got a good relationship with Levi, uh, and he's got some ability. You know, he's he's six foot six. He can he can run. Uh, he is certainly a vertical threat. So the big thing is, I think Khalif uh, has grown up a lot as a person, right? Um, and he's by no means a finished product, you know. So um, I think that he's just a guy who's been around here for a couple of years and a guy that, you know, is comfortable on game day and a guy that knows our system. So we're excited to have him back and, and excited to see him continue to mature and improve uh, and certainly can help our team. Coach, uh, the timing with between Levi and uh, and the chemistry with him and some of the younger receivers, it seems – you know, from the outside to me, just watching this team each week, uh, that the timing is improved. That's going to come with the reps. But w- whether it be the Dante Flemings, the Earl Rogers, the Kyron Lacy's, um, and even some of the younger guys that any of the players that maybe haven't had as many reps in the past as they now have this season, where do, from from week one to now, do you feel like there's been a lot of improvement there specifically? Yeah, no question. You know, I think that all these guys, you know, you got to remember now, they they never played the game before. You know, these guys were going to the prom last last spring. So, um, you know, I think that the big thing is not only are they, is the timing improving and the relationship and the chemistry improving, but also that process of playing on game day in a Division One football game as a competitor learning what that routine looks like from Sunday to Saturday, how to take care of your body, how to study film, how to be a really good practice player. Uh, and then in general, just learning how to play. You know, um, I think these guys have learned a lot. The football knowledge that they've acquired, you can see the steady improvement. Certainly in the last couple of weeks, we've taken a step forward there. Uh, but that's going to be huge for us down the stretch. We need to be able to continue to, throw it around the park and have some balance. Um, you know, Saturday, one of the things that, you know, I know our staff is always talking about is we only had two negative plays on offense. Uh, we had one penalty. I'm not counting the two delay games that I took on purpose, but um, the, the false start was the one penalty we had. And, you know, we, we've been shooting ourselves in the foot with penalties. We've had negative plays, and we finally – kind of eliminated that issue on offense and allowed us to stay on schedule and be much more productive. So we are getting better, and I thought Saturday was one of our better days. Ridge Occasion at football coach Billy Napier, our guest, ESPN 1420. Coach, I've talked to you about Trey Regis in the past, but in terms of a guy that's been in the program for a while, um, everyone I think that follows this program knows knows how good he is, and I think he'll at least be in discussion for Sunbelt Conference Offensive Player of the Week. Might get it, but 19 carries, 131 yards, averaged almost seven yards a carry, three touchdowns. My, my question to you more is about when you have a player where the trust level, I can imagine, I'm not on the inside, but it seems like your trust level in Trey is as strong as it can get. When you know consistently what you're going to get, he's rarely put the ball on his ground his entire career. So when you have a player that you you have that trust level because of the reps, because of the history, because of the time, 
How valuable is that as a coach when you can trust a player? When I say trust, I don't necessarily mean in life off the field. And no, I, I'm sure you do. Just on the field to play that regardless of what we're going to call here, we know that that guy is going to do the job. Well, I, I think that that applies to Trey, you know, in all areas of his life. You know, I mean, Trey's been a very consistent person and player, um, and certainly academically as well. You know, I think um been very impressed with Trey from the minute we got here. You know, he's done everything we've asked him to do. He's really taken his game to another level. Um, you know, like you're saying, he's a very steady, dependable. Uh, Trey's tough. He's durable. Um, you know, he, he catches the ball well. And uh, certainly he was on Saturday night. You know, he was very productive and certainly I thought his footwork, his eye discipline, uh, his mentality with the ball. Um, you know, Trey's got a unique balance and power about his game, and um, he was in full effect Saturday night for sure. Very physical uh, for him, uh, just initiating contact a number of times. And I asked him after the game how he was feeling physically after, you know, carrying the rock that much. He said, I feel good. Um, when you come <laughs> out of these games, Coach, ESPN fourteen twenty. Uh, I imagine sometimes you feel better after some games than others based on how you come out of it from a health standpoint. Did you feel good uh, on the trip back Saturday night, or was it a game that was a little little more rough around the edges? No, I, I think, you know, we're, we're not that foolish now. We, we're, we're smart enough to know that it's hard to win, certainly hard to win on the road. Um, you know, the big thing is you, you made some mistakes. Okay, what's your plan? Um, to improve in those areas, and we'll go back to work. You know, I mean, I think nobody's playing perfect football out there. You know, I think it, we've been a sum of the parts team this year. You know, there's been many days where we've sputtered on offense, and the defense and the kicking game has been outstanding and kept us in the game. And then we kind of put it together and find a way to win. We did get three takeaways on defense uh, and certainly got off the field. Um, a, a lot of times, you know, did a good job on third down. So uh, we did a lot of good things, and, and um, the cumulative effect of that was um, SBC West, you know, win, and we're 1-0 in the West, and we've got another one coming up Saturday. Um, defensively, I, there's there's a lot of places I could go, but I just want to touch on one player. It seemed like Andre Jones was – just he was active you know I know he finished with three tackles but you could see number 10 very active on the field um just being a disruptor uh for this you know we talk we talk about the linebackers a lot and and I I feel like each week I'm talking to you about one of them um but haven't really on I guess at this medium on this station asked you about the junior from uh from Angie Louisiana but what his impact once you saw it in person and then I know you've gone back and watched a little bit of film was he was he as active as at least we we saw on TV? Was he was or was he even better? Yeah, no, no doubt. I think Andre. Um, what I respect about Andre is his consistency. You know, I mean, he is a tough, competitive guy uh, that that is a great practice player. Um, tough physically and very tough minded. You know, I mean, you know exactly what you're going to get. Um, Andre's had a a really good journey here. You know, he was started out as an outside backer. Uh, the first year we were here, uh, we didn't get a lot of production out of him. We moved him inside to that 3-4 in position, that F position. 
Uh, he's added probably 25 pounds since we've been here. Uh, and he's six foot five and, and the guy plays, uh, with leverage and, and really a disruptive player, but his motor was hot Saturday night and uh, he had some great individual efforts, uh, that really stood out. Uh, what you saw is exactly what we saw on the tape. Rage Cajun head football coach Billy Napier, our guest. Uh, from a health standpoint, coach, how do you feel coming out of that one? Uh, no, we're we're in pretty good shape. Um, you know, we have, we have the typical uh, issues you know, from playing a competitive game, but nothing serious. Um, you know, obviously got another series of tests coming up and all that, but in general, um, you know, we're 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 doing just fine. And now you're getting ready for a November run here, um, playing each Saturday, including at home this Saturday for homecoming. You got three scheduled home games coming up. Uh, early thoughts, you know, I know you got a, a week of work to put in, but early thoughts on the matchup with Arkansas State. Well, I think, you know, this is a rivalry game. Uh, you can throw the records out. Uh, certainly been very competitive since I've been here, you know, we got a lot of respect for uh, the the personnel and the talent on that roster. I mean, they're going to get off the bus here Saturday and have a lot of uh, tall, long, explosive players. You know that you got to make sure that you're prepared to compete against. You know, so um, we 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 need to continue to improve and take steps forward, eliminate some of the deficiencies that we had this past weekend. Uh, it's time to play our best football, you know, and uh, we always talk about, you know, getting to this point in the season and being relevant, being in contention, uh, and we are that. And uh, now it's time to to play our best football and, and get hot at the right time. So, um, you know, like we mentioned before, um, work to do, and, and that's exactly what we're getting ready to do to, this week. Education Head Football Coach Billy Napier has been our guest, ESPN1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. Well, Coach, I know you were working on Halloween, and, and you and uh, the family did something earlier in the week, and the kids got dressed up. Did did they double dip, though? Did they get, like, a little extra Halloween action? <laughs> I, or did they just say, no all right, doubt, we're going to watch no Daddy's doubt. team? Yeah. No, they double, double dip, dip, didn't they? Man. Double dip for sure. No question. What, uh, what What's something that um, when you were younger, I don't know if you double-dipped or not. I'm sure you would have if you could have. What's a costume that Billy Napier wore when he was little Billy Napier? Man, that's a great question. Uh, I'd have to call mom and ask her. But, uh, no, I, I uh, Halloween was always a good time, certainly. Um, it's, great, it's great for me to see my kids enjoying it and um, – you know, it's great to live in a place, you know, where there's great neighborhoods and great communities, and um, we're certainly thankful for um, the opportunities that come with it. So um, they had a good time. That's what I'll tell you. And uh, we got too much candy laying around the house. That ain't good for me these days. No, there's, there's, it's just it's everywhere. And then they eat a bunch, and then they have the sugar rush, and then they have the drop-off <laughs> and the meltdown. I mean, you know how it is as a dad. There's a – there's it's it's fun to see the excitement through their eyes, but boy that uh, that sugar has a strong impact on them. We got a lot of that going on. I can promise you, <laughs> Coach. I always appreciate the time on Monday mornings, man. Uh, all the best this week. I'm sure we'll see you on the Zoom calls, but uh, in the meantime, we'll uh, we'll be seeing you out 
on Saturday at Cajun Field, homecoming, 11 a.m. kickoff this Saturday against Arkansas State. Thank you, Billy. All right, Scott. I'll see you around. Thank see you. Rage Cajun head football coach Billy Napier. He's like, we're still waiting to play our best game. We're still waiting to play a game where it all kind of comes together. But, to, you know, again, Deere's tone and the players' tone coming off of that game, happy with the win, but all feel like, man, we just we, – we want one of those games where we're not coming away with it saying, man, what, what could have been, how good can we be? Um, and, you know, I mean, I, Coach Hockey, the strength and conditioning coach, you know, he – um. I think he quote tweeted one of my tweets where I, I was only just quoting Billy Napier, but you know, Saturday night after the game, he said, look, we're a work in progress. I'm excited about what we can become. Coach Hockey says that's a that's a life philosophy, and he's right. He's right. ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app from the ESPN 1420 studios, sponsored by Roofing Louisiana, from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips, today sunny, high of 67. Tonight clear, a low of 42. When I woke up early this morning, so it's it's in the it's in the low 40s right now. Wintertime. Hopefully it can kill all the bugs, all those moths and sodworms and mosquitoes. That'd be good. That'd be nice. Hope everyone had a great Halloween. Don't go anywhere. We'll take a quick timeout. When we come back. We'll open up phone lines at 269-1077, talking Cajuns, Tigers, Saints. Want to round back to Friday night, talk a little high school football as well. It's all on the table. Saints keep winning the close games. Let's look at what we do know about this team, but we still don't know about this team halfway through. It's a great Scott show. Don't go anywhere. ESPN1420.com. Is your business ready to meet the new COVID-19 safe work environment standards? Let Lofton Safety Services prepare a full response package, including COVID-19 approved cleaning plans, redefined safety policies, and training for your staff. Contact Lofton to discuss a response plan specifically tailored to protect your business, employees, and customers. Call 269-0500. Lofton Safety Services, an essential service for essential services. It's the AV man here. Are you feeling the heat? This summer is sizzling and so are our prices at Audio Video Innovators. Enjoy your summer indoors and outdoors by streaming your favorite music from Pandora or Spotify, all from the touch of your smartphone. We have a great selection of Bluetooth electronics in all of our departments. Let us show you how easy it can be done. While you're here, you have to see our great selection of Samsung QLED TVs and the iPoppin' LG OLED 8K High Resolution TV that are only an eighth of an inch thick and come in sizes from 55 to 75 inch. We also carry a great selection of Blu-ray quality with surveillance systems for your home and business. And don't forget about your motorcycle, boat, golf cart, side-by-side, or RV. Let our professional installation departments install the latest electronics and all your toys. My name is Daryl Robinson, and I'm the AV Man, and I guarantee that you'll get the best prices and service in all of Acadiana. Off Ambassador, Tween Sims, and Walmart. Up and down, up and down. Here's another idea from Acadiana Garage Doors. Did you know the average garage door goes up and down more than a thousand times every year? Now that's the perfect opportunity to loosen your hardware. So check it out and tighten it up. 
tighten all the moving parts, including the roller brackets. For more great ideas, visit AcadianaGarageDoors.com. Doing business in the summer of 2020 is a little bit different than it has been in the past. Here's Ty Grinot with Acadiana Garage Doors. If you get something that we have available now, we normally do it within the next couple of two, three days. Uh, sometimes, I mean, there are cases where we do it, they'll call in the, in the morning, we'll have a job that fell through for that day, and we'll do it in the afternoon. If we've got an order, standard lead times apply right now. It's still two to three weeks from order to install. The average installation, we're there for less than two to three hours. So we, we are rolling. Uh, we have more crews, more installer crews, and more service folks than we've ever had before. Acadiana Garage Doors and AcadianaGarageDoors.com. Business owners, did you know 81% of consumers search for a business's website online prior to making a purchase? No website, no problem. My name is Lori Foreman, and I work for this amazing radio station and can help your business get a professional, affordable website with no contract. Give me a call at 257-1987, and let me help your business stand above your competition with a new professional website that's mobile-friendly and secure. I can also help you promote your business on streaming TVs, YouTube ads, and direct digital marketing. I can deliver your digital ad directly to your perfect customer. And don't forget the power of radio. Radio reaches 93% of the population, and this station can help you get right in front of your customers. Call me, Lori Foreman, 257-1987 now. And let me help your business stomp out the competition. That's Lori Foreman, 257-1987, and let me work for your business. I hate Tom's Tulip Shop. It just smells so flowery. Like, we're good at your flower shop. You don't need to remind us. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. I needed a fake plant. They don't sell fake plants. Thanks for nothing, Tom. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. Then he says, have a great day. Uh, I'll decide what kind of day to have. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. Hey, sports fans, this is Louisiana Raging Cajun head basketball coach Bob Marlin, and you're listening to Acadiana's best sports leader, ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. And this Scott Prather guy's kind of weird, huh? Give me back my son! The Great Scott Show on Sports Radio ESPN 1420. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. I'm Scott. Thanks to Coach Napier for coming on. 43 after the hour. Phone lines now open for all of you. Anyone that wants to jump in, 269 1077, 269 1077. One thing that happened over the weekend, which we reported on over at ESPN 1420, uh, Sage Ryan of LCA, who had a big win on Friday, officially committed to LSU over Alabama, and uh, he plans to enroll at LSU this summer. Hadn't talked too much about the LSU game yet, but eesh, eesh. Like Coach O went to that Zoltar thing from the movie Big and just said, I want it all. 15-0, 15-0, undefeated, Heisman, one of the greatest seasons by any college team ever. And at some point, they lost a lot. 
But there is no communication right now between players and coaches, especially on the defensive side of the ball. But we'll get into that a little bit as we move on here this morning. Drew Brees, everyone nationally wants to keep talking about, oh, this is not happening. Baker Mayfield threw for 122 yards yesterday. Derek Carr, 112 in a score. Cam Newton, a buck 74. Ben Roethlisberger, 182 and two scores. Lamar, 208 and two scores. Brees went 280 yards, two touchdowns without one, two, and three on the receiver depth chart. Or if you want to argue one, two, and four, okay, I'll give you that. But that, come on. In the elements. Yeah. ESPN1420N.com. It was, I mean, it was. When, when Austin Carr is out there playing 21 snaps, Jawan Johnson plays 64 snaps more than any other receiver on your team, did have one catch for five yards, was targeted three times. Impressive performance by Drew yesterday, all things considered. Cooled down a little bit as the game progressed, I get it, and had some throws he'd like back, I get it, but overall, it was solid. Quarter to eight. Let's head to the phone lines. Good morning. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Hello. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head about Drew. It's 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 quite shocking that he played so well against such a stout defense in the elements in Chicago with the slushy field, receivers falling down. You know, there was a lot going on in that game. Will Lutz missed a field goal, so 20, he had a, a twenty-seven-yard field goal. I mean, that thing's shorter uh, than a PAT. Oh, dude, I play fantasy. I play fantasy football, and I have him as my kicker. And I saw he was about to kick, and I walked away. I didn't even see it. I was like, "Yes, three more points. Let's get it." And I walked back to the TV, and I see him shaking his head, and I'm like, "No, no, he didn't. He didn't miss that." And of course, he did. And I was like, "There's no way." I mean, the dude's automatic. So and 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 was, look, uh, look, I, it's not like the look the Bears. Let's 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 be honest too. I mean, they had some complete breakdowns defensively that he took advantage of. I mean, and and that's a credit to Brees for doing it. But Taysom Hill's 20-yard touchdown and Jerry Cook's touchdown before the half, I mean, the Bears defensively couldn't have played that worse. No, oh, agreed. It looked like, I mean, I, I'm not trying to throw salt on my own team, but it looked like the miscommunications the Saints have had the past three or four weeks in the, in the secondary. I mean, I was shocked to have guys like Jackson and Fuller look lost against a tight end. I mean, that, and, and it was the same play just on the opposite side. <laughs> But, man, I, I was reading on this guy's Twitter that I usually follow. His name's Rob Cassidy. And in 2019, he said this, Saints pick Cha- Chauncey Gardner is a tremendous player. I've also never seen a corner more skilled at getting opponents to lose their cools and want to fight him. So this was like a whole year ago this guy said that, and he hit it like on the head. I mean, this dude is like the prototypical getting your head guy. He's like Josh Norman or Jalen Ramsey. No, 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 no. Cortland Finnegan's the, the Cortland. He's not Cortland Finnegan yet, but Cortland Finnegan and Cortland Finnegan was a better DB, but he's the guy that would get people to completely just lose it. Finnegan's the guy that had Andre Johnson just basically in the middle of a game be oh, like, yeah. you know what? Forget it. Yeah. Let's go. And they just, they just straight now. up brawled. But like, I think, I think, I think, uh, Gardner Johnson's kind of more like a pest. He just he keeps pestering, pestering, and then when they hit him, he's like, "Hey, what, what did I say? You know, like what, what's going on? What did I do?" Yeah, he looked. He, he like how he like tried to make it look like he was clueless as the attack. What? But I'll tell you this much: if I ever get in a street fight and I'm about to get my butt whipped, I want freaking Janoris Jenkins in my corner. That dude legitimately looked like an actual living jackrabbit when he jumped on that dude, and he was, like, flailing around and pulled him down. I was like, look at this dude, bro. 
But uh, what I wanted to say before I hang up and listen was I'm really proud of the Cajuns. I'm also really proud of LCA for stomping Notre Dame. Like, they didn't just beat them. Like, they just stomped an actual mud hole in them. So that was awesome. And, uh, one more thing before I hang up. Uh, I think that Coach O lost his playbook in the divorce. I think that's one of the things that he had to give up when they separated because I don't know what's going on in Tiger Town. I'll hang up and listen. Well, you lost Joe Brady. You lost Joe Burrow. You lost Dave Aranda. You lost 25 players that were huge contributors last year. What, 15, 16 of which were drafted. And you put Bo Pelini in there on defense and eesh, eesh, just ain't working. And, I mean, I, I, Norman will be on with me Thursday. And how about them Cowboys? But like I told him and so many others, this idea, and I, I was telling it to people in my neighborhood over the weekend before the LSU game. They're all talking about T.J. Finley. One game from a freshman does not equal this is the future. Teams get more tape on them. They get more cuts. They, the competition goes up. It's more difficult. He might very well end up being a, a very, very good quarterback. But we've seen... Heck, Jarrett Lee's freshman year, he came into a game at Auburn and led him to a comeback as retro freshman year. It's like, oh, here we go. Quarterback of the future. And then 50 pick sixes later that year, it was like, I'm not so sure. But LSU, that was just ugly. I mean, they couldn't contain anything Auburn was doing offensively in quarters two, three, and four. The defensive linemen just looked like they were going through the motions. All right, let me just let me just hit the guy in front of me. Okay. The offensive line did not help out Finley at all. I mean, there were all kind of breakdowns. The quarterback made a lot of really bad decisions. They couldn't get the run game going. It, it the the effort was was horrendous. It was horrendous. LSU right now has a a if you look at, I bring up win probabilities a lot, right? And I make jokes about it because when the Atlanta Falcons play a game three times this year, they've had a 98% win probability at some point in the game, which I say, look, you got to alter that. It doesn't, you have to alter it by each team. But coming into the season, I thought LSU would go six and four, and apparently I went way over the mark. The latest win total probability for the Tigers to get to six? Is it three percent? To get to five, is that seventeen percent? Four, thirty-eight percent. Three, thirty-three percent. Two, nine percent. Speaking of two and three, two point three million. That's what they're paying Bo Pelini. Ouch. Ouch. It's probably what. Javon Wims said when he decided to punch someone in the helmet. Now, look, one of our listeners, Jay, says he's seen somebody give an uppercut to somebody with the helmet on, and if you do that, you could break a jaw. Okay. if you, But I guess that's the point. If you're going to swing at somebody with a helmet and have bad intentions, you might want to go under it. Most of the time, we just see guys sit there and swing and hit – hit the actual helmet with their hand and it's like what are you, what are you what are you doing 
what are you doing? It was a bad look. For the, he, he did a sucker punch. Then he slaps. Then he does an open arm slap with the right hand. But then he flinches. Like he thinks like Johnson's going to respond and puts his hands up like, what? Then he goes back in hard, and then Jenkins jumps on his back, and then it got hairy from there. But how is the NFL just consider? They might suspend him. They're considering it. They're con- they're considering it. They're okay. All right. Saints didn't come out of that game unscathed either. Sheldon Rankin's reportedly going to miss multiple weeks with an MCL injury. It, uh, it Rankin's. Had his moments. He started playing well yesterday too. Hasn't has never gotten back to that 2018 form uh, when he had eight sacks and t- 40 tackles, and then had the injury in the playoff game against Philly. Uh, I think he ruptured his Achilles. But in that last year of that that rookie deal, he's 26. David Onyemata is playing really well. Not sure what Rankin's future is with the team, but they need him back at some point this year. Hopefully you can come back in a couple of weeks. All right, let's head to the phone lines, uh, ESPN1420N.com. Good morning. Hey, good morning, Chief. What's up, Kyle? Uh, yeah, yeah, thank you for got to add. Uh, maybe you did while I was, you know, was uh, calling in since I got, I got a big delay on the Internet. I think you forgot to add the COVID and the fact that the offseason was as full of confusion about even if the play versus not play, and when you got a team full of freshmen, are you talking about LSU? I got you. Okay, sorry. Yeah, just yeah, to be clear, because yeah, we were we, the we got, last few minutes have been on the Saints, so I just want to make sure we're rounding back. Oh but yeah. yeah, but yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. But you throw in you throw in the the, the, the fact that you know you had the whole off season ever since they won the title and did their little you know the magical mystery tour, which was great. I mean, there wasn't nothing wrong with that. Had the greatest season in the history of college football. And, you know, you all the draft and all the hoopla that went with it. And then you throw in the COVID and the fact that you spent the whole offseason not even knowing whether you were going to play or not with a bunch of underclassmen. What do people expect? They, I mean, they, you know, they, 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 they expect better than giving up 46 and a half points uh, in each loss this season. They expect more than that. Well, I understand, but it's still, <laughs> they, Scott. They expect you, more. You, than, it's well, not it, just that they're two and three, in, Kyle. In it's normal, how they've lost. Hey, in a normal season, Scott, in a normal off season with a normal spring where guys get to come in there and they get to practice with the team in a normal fall where, where you have normal everything going on, okay, that would have probably occurred. That would have probably occurred. But you've basically taken somebody who completely emptied the shelves, and they're not in Alabama's position. Anybody who thought that LSU had achieved Alabama's position or Clemson's position or Ohio State's position, for that matter, yet, no, LSU is not there. They got to rebuild. Okay, that's the, that, that, that's the thing. You emptied all the shelves out. You, 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 you let all the coaches go and then throw on top of that, you're re-upping the whole situation in a, in a situation where you can't even practice. You don't even know if you can practice. University won't let you practice because they scared because every other university ain't practicing. So you put them in a tremendous, it, Ed was in a no 
win situation this year, no matter what he did. Okay, no matter what he did, and anybody that tries to say, "Oh, well, there ain't no excuse," that's true. He ain't making any. But the facts are the facts, and you have to deal with that. Okay, now let's talk about UL for a minute. Wait, 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 wait. Can we talk about the winners for a minute? Let me, let me, let me. You brought up LSU. Let's circle back. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mississippi State has a new coach, right? New quarterback. Arkansas, they're they're not good. They have a new coach, new quarterback, right? LSU's look worse than them. So while I agree with some of your points, I never Wait, thought that out, they had it, reached. Tom, I never thought that they had. Time out. Time out for what? Time out. How many? Wait, wait. Uh, where? How, how many years did that quarterback have under his belt before he ever came to Mississippi State? He played. Many, he played at a whole. He many, played in a totally different program. How many juniors and seniors started for Mississippi State this year? I don't know. You should okay. know better than me. You're talking. So just the fact, just the fact that you have people that, that are in the pro, bro. The, what have they done? Look. What have they done since that game against LSU? They've lost every game and they've looked awful. Oh, so like, I'm not, like, I, like, I, like I my point that. is, those teams are the bad too, teams, and they and LSU has looked worse than them. Two, so, so two you, other teams. You, look, Kyle. There's a difference between how far. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's a difference between how far you're going with the look. You got to factor in all these things they're facing with how bad they've played. Like, it's – there's somewhere in the middle. You can't go completely to the other side. That's all you I'm saying. You lost your whole first string and half of your second string on both sides that's of the a, football. That's, a, that's an exaggeration. You didn't lose your whole first string on both sides of the football. That's not true. Yeah, okay. Well, okay. Well, the ones that did that, did, that were eligible to come back – Half of those opted out. Correct. There wasn't that many. Correct. There was there wasn't that many returning that were that were above the rank of sophomore. Forty-eight. Stingley. To eleven. Sophomore. 48 I mean, to it, it, it's the truth. Yeah. All right. It's, later, it's, brother. Wait. No. No. Bye. Wait. 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 You can make your point about the Cajuns. What? Oh. Well, no, I mean, well, I was just going to say, let's talk about the winners. Oh, we now, did. But, we we uh, talked a lot about it when we talked to Coach Napier earlier. Well, so. Yeah. I mean, look. I, I, you know, I, look, I, I read things, you know, with people. I, it, here's another thing. People having crazy, you know, unrealistic actions in games sometimes. Now, the Cajuns did not, in my opinion, they played their worst game of the year this year, uh, Saturday night. But they had so much talent and they were able to overcome their own mistakes to the point where they were able to take a team that in the past it would have been almost neck and neck with them in Texas State, okay? They've always seemed to have a little bit more talent in Texas State, but the fact is Texas State has, you know, historically, uh, you know, I can't say historically. Uh, let's say in the later, in the earlier history between Texas State and UL, they they would have been neck and neck talent wise, uh, somewhat in in several instances, to the point where UL couldn't have done that and overcome the mistakes that they made. Here they are the other night. They made a lot of mistakes and they still look good. They look good in in beating in beating Texas State. Uh, did they make mistakes? Yeah. I'm glad they got the mistakes out of them and had an Hopefully opportunity to have a mid-season coaching moment where they can get themselves together for the stretch run because I got a feeling UL is fixing to blow up. 
I, it, this team is just right on the cusp, right on the edge of blowing up and becoming a, a, a really, I'm going to tell you, right now they're the powerhouse of this state. That they, They're the best football team in the state right now in college. Whether anybody, I don't know what they're going to say or not say, but that ain't, you couldn't have never said that in the past. And I mean, Alrighty, man. They, are well, they, they are well the best team in the state. Trey Regis is a Beast. Beast. Oh, I mean, that, that, that dude's a monster. Later. Appreciate it, Kyle. All right, one more before we wrap up the hour. Welcome into the Great Scott Show. Good morning. How are you doing this morning? Good. Okay, first off, I don't have a dog in a hunt as far as LSU and stuff like that, but trying to look at him partially is um, LSU, I completely uh, believe that, yeah, and I understand as far as the coaching staff, that's definitely the coaching changes do affect. Um, you lost a lot. They lost a lot of players. I, I I totally agree with that. But my point is, if LSU's talent is as good as they are, is they shouldn't be this bad. And I totally agree with you. And that's the point I think they're missing is they, they shouldn't be this horrible. If you want to look roster for roster, all all the other colleges had to go through the same procedures as far as COVID. And if you look at the roster between talent pool-wise, uh, would you rather have LSUs or Mississippi State? Would you rather have LSUs and Auburns? Would you rather any of these schools? LSU still has plenty of talent. I do believe with you, I think, or I don't know if you believe this way, I think the message is being missed from the coaching staff to the players. Either that or these high-ranking classes that they've had the last few years isn't, aren't as talented as uh, uh, they were rated. I'll step back and uh, listen to what you have to say. Thank Thanks. you. Ratings are always tricky. You should grade classes maybe three or four years later. But the situation they go into ranks a lot. It's not just at LSU. Again, I, my prediction was 6-4 and four this year for the Tigers. And um, I think my prediction was 9-2 and two for the Cajuns. <sighs> LSU, but the floor for them I thought was 4-6. and six, And it might even be lower. It's not just that they're bad. It's not. I mean, I expected them to have a lot of struggles this year. Um, it's how bad. It's worth noting. 8 o'clock. We'll be back. One minute. Second hour of the Great Scott Show coming your way. A lot more to get into. We'll dig into uh, more Cajuns, Tigers, Saints. Here's a post-game audio from the Saints as well and a lot more of your phone calls. It's the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather. Don't go anywhere. The following businesses proudly support the broadcast of UL Athletics on ESPN 1420 and News Talk 96.5 KPL. Macro Oil, Recovery Cairo Med, the Law Office of Blaine Berrio. Support these businesses that proudly support the Raging Cajuns broadcast of athletics all season long. If your business would like to be a part of our UL Booster sponsorship, call Pam Begno at 233-6000. In the last debate, President Trump asked Joe Biden a very simple but very big question. Does Biden want to close down the oil industry? Listen to Joe Biden's response. I would transition from the oil industry, yes. No oil? That means no jobs. Yes. That means a depression for Louisiana. Yes. Bill Cassidy and President Trump have a message for Joe Biden. You won't kill those jobs. You won't kill those paychecks. We will stop you. This election, use your ballot to stand and fight. Vote like your family's future and Louisiana's future are at stake because they are. To protect our jobs, to protect our state, defeat Joe Biden. Stand with President Trump and re-elect Bill Cassidy to the U.S. Senate. Here's President Trump. Bill Cassidy, he's incredible. 
I'm Bill Cassidy. I approve this message. Paid for by Bill Cassidy for U.S. Senate. Acadiana's best sports leader. All day, every day. ESPN 1420. Listen up, listen up, listen up. KPEL Lafayette. ESPN1420N.com. Because for sports fans, there is no offseason. Great Scott! The Great Scott Show. And as they head into the final furlong, all of the other radio stations and radio hosts are left in the wake of a keen turn of speed by the Great Scott Show, the champion. With Scott Prather. Steal the show. On ESPN 1420 and ESPN1420.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the 8 o'clock hour of the Great Scott Show, the Great Sports Callers Open Think Tank. How are we feeling, everybody? How are we feeling? Is it just me, or does it seem like the implications of Drew Brees' demise, the constant shatter of what he can't do, is misleading. Give me a quarterback that could have gone into Chicago yesterday with the wind blowing, the conditions the way they were, and his starting receiver. I mean, the guy completed passes to Austin Carr, Tommy Lee Lewis, and Jawan Johnson. Ten different players caught a pass. How many How many quarterbacks in the league could have gone into Chicago against a solid defense in the elements? Sun went down early, daylight savings, and, and, and get the win. Oh, yeah, but Alvin Kamara, okay, sure. Give any other quarterback Alvin Kamara, too. The offense did enough yesterday because of Drew Brees and because of Alvin Kamara. Oh, my goodness. I mean, the Saints defense, they did a few decent things yesterday. The Bears' bootleg plays didn't, you know, weren't game breakers. Jimmy Graham was never wide open. Yes, a lot of more got beat, and, and, and the guys got beat deep a few times, but there, was, there wasn't a play where a guy was just completely wide open. Are the Saints a Super Bowl product right now? Absolutely not. Now, the trade deadline is coming up this week, and I won't be surprised if Mickey Loomis tries to pull something and, and, and bring another player or two in. And is the Super Bowl still within reach? Yeah, I mean, you're 5-2. and two. You have a chance to secure a game-and-a-half lead in first place in the NFC South if you beat Tampa Sunday, but you're not playing like a Super Bowl team right now. You've got a team that has a lot of struggles, and I see Drew Brees carrying this team. In a lot of ways, at 41 years old. They are narrowly winning, guys. They won four in a row by a grand total of 15 points. You're three games above 500. You're very close to being at or below 500. But like I said last hour, the two-minute drill, Alvin Kamara and winning close games, that's what what we know in 2020 the Saints do well. They're battle-tested. To be without Thomas, Sanders, Marquez Callaway, 
That's a whole lot to take out of an offense. Alba Kamara, I mean, is he? My goodness. Averaging 141 yards from scrimmage per game. Had 163 yesterday. In 2012, Adrian Peterson, who is still playing for the Lions, apparently. I mean, I saw the Lions play once this year. It's when they played the Saints. That was it. Don't really watch too many Lions games. But in 2012, Adrian Peterson was incredible. I mean, it's the last time anyone not a quarterback won an MVP. Look at that powerful kid dominate. It's the la- it's the last really, is it the only time in the 20th in the 21st century that someone that's won an MVP? I think so. You have to go back to 2000 when Marshall Falk won it that year. And then you got quarterbacks for a while. And then you got Peters. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Sean Alexander won one in the mid 2000s. So I stand corrected. As I think about it in my head. Point is, it doesn't happen a lot. The year Peterson won the MVP, he was averaging 144 yards from scrimmage. And it's not like he was this vital part of the passing game. It was, you know, hey, Christian Ponder, why don't you just hand, turn around, just hand this ball to Peterson. T.J. Webb, just turn around, hand this ball to Peterson. And he did amazing things. My point is, Kamara, look, Kamara's not going to, he's not going to get an MVP vote this year. The dude's playing like an MVP. You take him or you take Drew Brees out of that offense, and this team is far from five and two. Far from five and two. Two, six, nine, 10, 77. Phone lines open this hour. I think Kyle wants back in for more. All right, one more, Kyle, because I like you. What's going on, my friend? Hey. Uh, well, before we get too rough on the defense at all, let us understand that 75 yards in the touchdown was brought to us courtesy of the NFL. Okay? Because I guarantee you had that tight end torn away from DeMario Davis and run for 40 yards. There's no way in hell that they would have said, hold it, the play was over, or blown the whistle while he would have been running down the football field and said, we've got to put him back over here. His forward progress was stopped. Okay, I got one question for all of those people that are trying to convince me, oh, yeah, it was forward progress. Why didn't they have blow a whistle the whole time? Why didn't one single referee come in and blow a whistle and say, oh, his forward progress was stopped? No. You had two guys fighting it out. One of them was trying to make yardage, and the other one was trying to make a tackle, and nobody knew who the hell was going to win. And DeMario Davis stripped that man of the football, and that was a fumble and a recovery. Okay, I don't care how they paint it because you're going to see Travis Kelsey or you're going to see Kittle or one of these guys who's going to get grabbed and yanked by one or two men and pulled backwards three or four yards. He's going to rip out of their their grasp, and he's going to run down the field for 40 yards this year, a touchdown, and everybody's going to go, oh, what a great play. Well, how could it be a great play if his forward progress was stopped? Because they ain't going to call that. They're not going to call it if it goes the other way. I guarantee you they're not going to call his forward progress stop. That makes that a BS call. It was clearly, clearly a fumble and a recovery. 
during the act of a play. Later. Bye. Let's hear from Drew Brees, who was clutch. I'm talking about him after that win over the Bears. Uh, is that been something you've been doing all season? And then the second part, that fourth and two um, in overtime, were, were you kind of pleading with Sean to keep you guys on the field, or uh, were you okay with punting it away? No, listen, the fourth and two in overtime, I felt like the wise thing to do was punt it. Um, you know, don't give them a short field with the wind. You know, punt them down in. Um, I felt like our defense was was really playing good and, uh, you know, would stop them, and, and then we'd get the ball back, and then we'd go down and kick a field goal, win the game, and that's exactly what happened. Next one's from Larry Holder. Drew, you guys have won so many of these types of games over the last four years, for sure. Uh, what are the key elements to win these type of games? What you know, offensively, defensively, special teams. What are the key elements for you guys to maintain so many wins in these scenarios? First off, it's just belief. It's belief that uh, you know, put, put ourselves in a position to win the game, and we'll win it. And you know, it takes everyone. It, it takes. Obviously, defense coming up with a big stop, offense putting us in field goal range, and then special teams, you know, kicking it through uh, and winning the game. But you know, when you look at just the the larger scope of an entire game, you know, it's 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 always ebb and flow. There's back and forth. Those momentum changes. I mean, listen, we knew this was going to be a battle coming up here, um, playing Chicago on the road, tough conditions. Um, you know, them coming off a tough loss on Monday Night Football, so we knew they were going to be ready to play. We knew it was going to be a tough physical game. It was. It was every bit of that. Um, and you just find a way, you know, we, we got down by 10 points, I think early, um, but just continue to stay the course and, um, stay with the process and the outcomes will, uh, will come as a result. We'll hear more from Drew Brees in a minute, but what, what, what can you definitively say about the saints right now? You could say that they are the victim of some calls each week, um, that are questionable at best. You could say that they bust a lot of coverages. Um, but you can also say that uh, Breeze is is incredible in the two-minute offense, that there is no player even close to the kind of player Alvin Kamara is and the things that he does. You could say that C.J. Gardner-Johnson gets in the mind of every opponent, not every opponent. He, he pesters. He gets under the skin of many. He got sucker punched by one teammate when he didn't have his helmet on and then got... Punched by another yesterday, uh, an opponent by the Bears, twice, didn't flinch and was like, what's going on? What happened? What's wrong? But we're talking about, you know, the Cajuns last hour and then talking to Coach Napier and feeling like they haven't, you know, come close to playing their best ball yet. Certainly the Saints have. But Drew Brees said it yesterday. I mean, you just heard some of the audio. Look, we're battle-tested, okay? Doesn't matter the situation we find ourselves in. We're going to draw up a lot of these moments and we're just going to find a way to win. And when you get back, who knows if you, who knows if you're ever, quote, full strength in the NFL? I don't know. Probably not. No one is. No one is. But the injuries for each team or the COVID-19 aspect for each team and who plays and who doesn't is not created equal, just like every player isn't created equal. Some are, are, are more serious than others. But for the Saints, not having Thomas Sanders and breakout rookie Marquez Calloway, having to start Jawan Johnson opposite Traquan Smith with Austin Carr and Tommy Lee Lewis backing him up and Deontay Harris in the mix, who's turned into, as Troy Aikman said, a nice little route runner. Hey, he's 5'6". Don't call him a little. 
All of us here in the short community love Deontay Harris. He's representing. But at this point, the team's got to make some more progress as well. You've won four straight by a grand total of 15 points. You can win, quote, ugly, as folks like to say it, although an actual win is never ugly. You just take it. All wins are beautiful. You take it. But, man, I mean, Gardner Johnson, I mean, bringing some just a pass. I'm trying to figure out, like, a character from cinema or television that is a a good metaphor for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And the guy is a spark plug for sure. And he's not always the best in coverage or anything like that. But talk about just, you know. And everyone that calls him a quarterback, no, he's a safety. He's a safety. Um, And some other young guys are stepping up. I mean, Cesar Ruiz. With Nick Easton hurt, I, I don't see how you bring him back into the starting lineup. The rookie has had some good moments. He's had some ups and downs, but he was really, really good yesterday. I don't know. I'll go and read more from what this guy. I felt like he was good yesterday. There were some, there were some moments where you know he wasn't perfect. I think he he surrendered a couple of pressures. He's still learning, but just get him those cuts. I feel like he's getting better each week. Yesterday wasn't his best game. His best game was in Detroit, for sure. But I feel like there's progress being made each week. We'll see what happens when Easton comes back. That'll be telling in terms of how the staff feels about Ruiz and the progress he's making. Oh, man. Tommy Lee Lewis played five snaps yesterday, y'all. Sheesh. 18 after the hour. All right. More from number nine, Drew Brees. Next one's from Jeff Duncan. Drew, we talked earlier in the week about uh, the hurricane. What what was it like for the whole team uh, this week? You know, I know you had some teammates that probably lost power, were having to go down to a hotel. Uh, how much did it affect preparation and girls' mindset going into this? Yeah, I mean, we all lost power. Everybody did, you know, I mean, the whole city. Um, in, in fact, you know, you, in driving to work early in the morning um, at uh, right there in the Zephyr parking lot, you know, and, um, trucks, as far as I could see, you know, all the telephone pole trucks and it seemed like guys coming from around the state, you know, to help, um, you know, get the power lines back up and going, get trees, you know, off the power lines, uh, get things picked up, get things redone so that everybody could get their power back. You know, obviously that's, it's a tough deal when you got the entire city that it's affected like that, but, um, you know, God bless men and women. And, um, I think for us, I mean, listen, it, it definitely, you have to make some adjustments in regards to preparation. And, um, you know, I know even with our, our facility, you know, the, the, there's certain areas that don't have power, you know, so you all, and then you got COVID to throw in that as well. And so, you know, just kind of that balance of continuing to still prepare and, um, and, and get ready to come win a, win a football game is, you know, certainly plenty of challenges there. Next one's from Chris Hagan. Uh, Coach Payton mentioned that the conditions were better than you guys expected. Did you guys become more comfortable with them as the game went along? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, there's, the wind is going to be a factor. You know, initially they were saying 20 mile an hour winds consistently and 40 mile an hour gusts. You know, so um, with 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 those projections, you know, you, you obviously 
um, kind of have to have a plan for how you're going to play the game, just depending on you know, which side of the, the wind you're on. Um, uh, I think it was, it, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't quite that bad, but you know, there, there were definitely times where you know, you're making decisions based on, you know, how the wind's blowing and, you know, the, really the tough decision became an overtime where, um, Hey, do we take the wind or do we take the ball? Um, just knowing that, uh, obviously we got a, a kicker with a strong leg and, you know, we'd like that first opportunity to, to get down there and kick a field goal to, or, or score a touchdown to win the game. Um, you know, that goes back to that fourth and two question where, hey, we're sitting there at midfield. Let's not give them a short field. Let's punt them down in. Defense do their job. We'll get it back. We'll march to field goal range, kick the game winner, and that's exactly what happened. Game winner from Will Lutz, who uncharacteristically missed a uh, 27-yarder earlier in the game. He spoke to the media after the game as well. Hey, Will, I was just uh, curious, before the game, what, what, what it was like just kind of getting used to the conditions out here. I know you, you kind of struggled here last year, so I, I assume that was like just understanding the, the conditions you were you were going to kind of be dealing with this year. Yeah, look, I mean, there's a reason this place is one of the hardest places to kick. Um, the conditions were about as bad as we've been in, but um, at the end of the day, when you know when my number is called, I'm expected to make um, – you know, obviously, I didn't get through scot free this year either. But um, you know, at the end of the day, it just felt good to get another shot. So, you know, we're happy with the win. Next one's from Andrew Doke. Hey, well, it seemed like potentially Sean was maybe chewing on the idea of running the clock down a little bit more um, just before that final kick. But I, I guess just what does it make you feel to have him have the faith in you? Obviously, where it seems like anytime you guys get inside the the fifty, he kind of has that confidence you're going to be able to drill it. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's why I'm here. You know, I don't think he would he'd keep a kicker, kicker here with, you know, the past with his decisions on kickers. So I think, you know, his his trust in me is the reason I've been here for the, the time that I have now. And, you know, obviously, you know, that's, that's, that's what I that's what I look for. Right. And, you know, that that just goes through the preparation throughout the week. Um, you know, so like I said, it just felt good to get another shot. And um, I'm glad he, he gave me the chance. Next one's from Sean Fazend. Hey, Will. Uh, a, how many how many walk-offs is that for you in your career so far? And B, what's kind of going through your mind when, you know, it's, it's, you get that chance to, to kick the game winner? Um, let's see. You had – I think I've only had a couple walk-offs. I had the Texans and the Panthers last year and then – and then this one, a lot of times we've had a, you know, to kick off after that, after the kick or, you know, another play. But um, what was the other question? Just kind of what's going through your mind whenever you know it's that time to, to, to kick the game winner. Yeah, gotcha. Look, um, obviously the whole overtime I was hoping for redemption. So, you know, I felt like the whole game that we shouldn't have been in that position um, because I, I should have made the first one and. You know, the, the biggest thing for me is my operation had the confidence in me to go out there and make that, and the team had the confidence in me to make that kick. And, um, you know, like I said, I grew up with redemption and, you know, splitting the uprights on that last kick. And, you know, your best kick's your last one. So um, just felt good to see it go through. Next one's from Larry Holder. Will, you didn't get rattled by not uh, almost having the K-ball because uh, that was certainly a bizarre uh, sequence there that's, that's not normally something that happens. That was a little bit of a, a cluster there at the end. I'm not really sure how the play got down to zero on that, um, but I don't know. So very glad we had to kick a uh, QB ball because those are a lot different. <laughs>
All right, last questions from Luke Johnson. Well, I just think, you know, it will did you have to make any adjustments today just with the surface and, and the conditions? Um, like, like, is there there's something that you have to like adjust to actually after getting on the field? <laughs> His clutch gene kicked in. The adjustment was Will Clutch came through in the end. All right, cool, cool. Appreciate much media time. Let me have a little. <laughs> um, well, the hardest part about playing in a stadium like Soldier Field or up in Green Bay or you know, Philly, which we have coming later, is you cannot make those conditions throughout the week in New Orleans, Louisiana. So, you know, it was kind of crazy. It was the coldest week of the year, and it was windy in New Orleans this week, so that helped. But, um, you know, that's the point of pregame. We, we get our work in in the pregame, and, you know, when the when the wind swirls like it does here, there's not much you can do except trust your ball flight. And so, um, at the end of the day, I think, you know, our unit, we discussed at the end of warm-up and said, hey, we just got to trust ourselves that, you know, our A balls can go through the uprights and, Fortunately, for the most part, that did it did tonight, and um, you know, we'll go back go back to work and move on to next week. Cam Jordan pipes in the clutch gene, to which Will Lutz says, "Hey, man, I don't get much media time. All right, let me have this." <laughs> ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Uh, Cam Jordan, you know. Uh, Cam is is one of the more beloved players in franchise history by the fan base. And he hasn't been as productive this season as he has in the past. And folks bring up him getting doubled, getting shipped. I mean, that's that's not new. That's not new. I was reading uh, Nick Underhill's piece on the game. Cam did beat a uh, a double team for a pressure with 151 remaining. Um, he forced an incompletion on a bull rush. Uh, he had a sack late in regulation. So from a production standpoint, the former All-Pro – I think at his best game of the season yesterday in Chicago. And they needed every inch of it. All right, let's head to the phone lines. Nope, caller dropped out. We'll open them back up at 269-1077, 269-1077. I'm Scott Prather from the Storm Team 3 Weather Lab and Daniel Phillips. Today, your forecast, sunny, high is 67 tonight, clear with a low of 42. Let's head to the phone lines. Welcome into the show. Hello. Hey, Scott. Good morning. Good morning. How are uh, you? I'm good. Uh, I just wanted to make a comment because he's kind of working on me a little bit. Uh, I'm not, you know, I don't claim to be, uh, you know, a big Saints fan like a lot of people are around here. I never pull against them. I always want them to win. But I think uh, that the game was butchered uh, coach, uh, yesterday. I mean, I think. The game management was absolutely brutal. I think it was based almost on a peewee league football. Um, you know, when he didn't let the time run out and need it, you know, I mean, that was totally ridiculous. Letting, giving him a timeout and a minute and 20-something seconds left to kick a field goal with the win. You know, then he stops the clock. Or when he, uh, you know, when Jimmy Graham fumbled the ball, he stops the clock to look at it, you know, and because the ball would have started – you're, look! Yeah, look! Both both of both of your points ran. both of your points are accurate. Those were those were not those were um, elementary mistakes. But I, right. I I wouldn't I wouldn't look at his entire game. I mean, he went into that thing shorthanded. But in overtime, 
there were there were there were some decisions from a clock management standpoint that were not good. Correct. I can't I can't argue with you on that, but I'm not going to suggest yeah. that that the whole game he coached it like a peewee game. Oh I mean, no. No, he no, went no. in there I, and I maybe having I, to play a peewee player at receiver and and got a win on the road against a team that, you know, was, what, 5-2 and two or, just, or going into that one. I will not question any calls he made because that's, you know, that's your opinion. He knows more about it than I do. He's watched more, more tape. So I'm not having, you know, no questions about that. But I think that last decision right there was there was absolutely no reason to do what he did. There's nothing you can't. You, there's no way he can justify doing what he did. There's absolutely no way. I, I think it's totally ridiculous. I don't think very many coaches would have even considered doing what he did. That can cost you a football game. It can. You know? I, look, look. I, mean, I, 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 I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay, I'm trying right. to. They say the timeout early in it was because they had the wrong ball out there, which is a mistake. They had a quarterback ball, not a kicking ball. But um, but on top of that, if if your mindset is look, if they get the ball back with one forty, we have a timeout. You know, I, the Bears are going to be playing to win, right? They're not going to be running the football. Would you agree? Right. Right. So, I mean, you you stop them earlier in overtime. There's a chance, you know, a couple of incompletions, maybe one over the middle. You stop and you call timeout. Like there is a chance you can get the ball back now. Once you've got it inside the ten yard line, and it's first down, and and you know you're you're that close to winning, I think if if that's if that's the reason, I think you're overthinking it. You know what I mean? Look, just you got you got an all pro kicker. Just wind the clock down and get out of there. But that's the only that thing. And that's the, I just missed the chip shot too, though. You a twenty seven yard, right? Right. But but like right. in in the win, you know, again, the win wasn't at his back against a kicker who's kicking very well. Santos so, was kicking well that game. So so that yeah, that is if you if you're trying to put on the thinking cap, that's what I would come up with as far as the timeout yeah. on the fumble that wasn't a wasn't rule of fumble. You know that's that's an issue he's had a lot. He's he whether it be not valuing timeouts or whether he burns one just to just to, to because he's angry at the officials and and the emotions get the best of him instead Correct. of looking at the actual game situation, which is look you're you're saving time there for them here late in the fourth quarter when they're trying to drive down Correct. and score. So Correct. no. And I, I think that's the, what happened. I think, I think he was pissed. Correct. Right. The I first agree. one. The first one is no, something he's, he's, one, he's had in him. The first know. one he did is something that 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 that's, that I feel like that's always going to be there with Sean. It's always been a a fault of his. The second one, while I might not agree, I think you, I just gave you the only reasonable explanation. But um, I'm I'm I don't know if he was asked specifically about it, but we can listen to some uh, Peyton post game audio. He might have been specifically asked about that after the game yesterday. So we'll find out. And he wasn't, he wasn't the only one, you know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, you know, a huge Ravens fan and, uh, you know, I'm watching the Ravens and, and Pittsburgh and, you know, and John Harbaugh does the same thing at the end of the game. He questioned, he, you know, he, he went ahead and he, you know, you know, he appealed the call and I knew they weren't going to change it. It was pretty obvious. He cost him a timeout. And at the end of the game, I really believe that that's, it cost him the football game. You know, when he, that challenge, they lost that timeout. And they finished the game up at the twenty yard line because they didn't have any more timeouts. Yeah, yeah. And the clock's going to run out on them. And you know, and I knew, you know, just watching it the first time, it was ruled on the field that you know that it was, it was out of bounds. 
And, you know, and he comes back and he questions it. They ended up scoring two plays later, but he had used the timeout. And it was pretty obvious they weren't going to change it because it, it would have to be reversed. Yep. You know, it wasn't a call actually made on the field. And it just – I didn't agree with it. I just – I knew right there. I said, I cannot believe you're going to do it and lose that timeout. And sure enough, they lost it and they came back to haunt them. Appreciate the call, man. How's it going? So, okay, man. You too. All right. Bye. All right, let's keep the phone lines going. ESPN1420.com. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing great. You know, I love, I love, I've always liked Sean Payton. But to me, he becomes too complacent, goes to the, uh, goes to the well too many times. My thing is this. If you're, if you're fourth on fourth down and you're going for it, and you bring in Taysom Hill, why would you not let him throw the ball at least every once in a while to make him think that, hey, he might throw it, but you know he's going to run it? Well, and on, on, a lot of these, you know, on a lot of these, it's some of those are just design runs, obviously. Some of them are RPOs, and Taysom has the decision to make, and a lot of times he's going to run. But it's not yeah. just just – to play devil's advocate, not every single one of those from the moment he puts Taysom out there is a design run. But, you know, the other thing was is that it was uh, fourth down in overtime, and they send Kamara out in the flat, and he loses, He doesn't get it. I could have well, – that was in yeah, yeah, in the fourth quarter, yeah. Uh, you know, I knew, I knew Chicago saw it, and it's almost – I know they're short staff. I know that. But that's not just this game. It's been previous games, even last year. It just frustrates me. And my last comment is this: the uh, the, the uh, who's it? Uh, the the cowboy announcer, uh, um, Troy Aikman. Uh, Troy Aikman, which I'm not a fan of. He made he made the comment, and I know the numbers back it up that uh, uh, Breeze is not going down deep uh, much anymore. My question is this. Do you think it's more that uh, he doesn't have the the the, the speedsters and, and the talent around him to go uh, to go deep, or that uh, he he just can't do it anymore? Well, he he, not he hasn't he hasn't he hasn't gone deep in like five or six years consistently. I mean, he hasn't. Yeah. Now, maybe three years ago, uh, there would be a little more accuracy on say like a forty yard pass than there is now, but. 35 and in, I mean, that's that's where he's going. He hasn't gone deep. Deontay Harris is fast. He can go deep. He can get deep. Um, but th- th- this is all play design. I mean, Breeze, Breeze, what Aikman's saying isn't wrong, but it's also not new. And, um, and, and look, Aikman, I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen to every game he's called the last – every Saints game he's called the last few years. It might not have been the first time he said it yesterday. There are some in the talking media that have been saying a lot this year, like they're, they're, there's some new revelation. It's like, that's not new. That's old news. Mike, my, my biggest concern after the first two games of the season, a win against Tampa and a loss at Vegas, was Breeze's accuracy in those two games. That was off. The national media, they're all talking about, oh, down the field and throwing. I'm like, that's, that's old. That's not. The concern to me was this guy has got better stats than an archer from a um, a completion standpoint, and I think now, yeah. now you fast forward to what they're they're almost halfway through the season. Uh, week eight just finished, yeah. or will finish tonight, and I think he leads the league in completion percentage. in yesterday, without you know Thomas or Sanders or Callaway, he was still 
you know, accurate as ever. And I don't, I mean, there aren't many quarterbacks in the league that could have gone into Chicago yesterday with Jawan Johnson starting and Austin Carr and, 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 and and Tommy and, and, and led that team to a victory. So no breeze breeze right now in Camara are undoubtedly the two biggest reasons this team is five and two. And without either one of them, they would be probably two and five, maybe even one and six. I mean, uh, five of their seven yeah. games this year has been a one score game or less, and they've won four of those five. So he, um, Bree, I, I feel like Breeze has been playing tremendous lately. Yeah, I think I think his talent and his skill set and his his football knowledge uh, to play the game, he's he's better than over three quarters of all the the the, the quarterbacks in the league right now. So you know, I, it, as long as we're winning games, you know, keep it going, keep it going. That's it. Appreciate it, man. Uh, you have a good one. Thank you. We'll take a quick break, come back, keep phone lines rolling, see if uh, I'll look for a little bit of that audio from uh, Sean Payton's presser, see if I can see if he specifically was asked. I haven't listened to his whole post-game presser. I'll see if I can uh, find during the break if he was specifically asked about that decision and not run down the clock late, which one of the callers was pointing out earlier. That's coming your way next. It's ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com. I'm Scott Prather. Coming to you from the ESPN 1420 studio by Ruby, Louisiana, and this is The Great Scott Show. Don't go anywhere. Is your the new COVID-19 safe work environment standards? Let Lofton Safety Services prepare a full response package, including COVID-19 approved cleaning plans, redefined safety policies, and training for your staff. Contact Lofton to discuss a response plan specifically tailored to protect your business, employees, and customers. Call 269-0500. Lofton Safety Services, an essential service for essential services. For too long, our city has seen the same problems year after year. I've worked both as a prosecutor and a public defender, and by representing both sides, I know that city court is the entry point for many into the justice system. It is both fiscally and judicially responsible to help people become productive members of our society. This job is not my retirement plan. I am running because I have ideas to make our community a better place. Michelle Odenay, Lafayette City Court Judge. Paid for by the committee to elect Michelle Odenay. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up about a meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards Program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. See full terms and conditions at FuelRewards.com. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. When you turn to Rocket Mortgage, we can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows, so now is a great time to call 8338-ROCKET. And if you need some extra money, a cash-out refinance could give you that financial boost you're looking for. Call today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. NMLS number 3030. If you own a small business, you know how hard it can be to find new customers. But maybe you're unaware of new tools that can help your business stand out. Go to townsquarelafayette.com right now for a free market competitive analysis that will show you what other businesses are doing to find new customers and how you can do it too. There's no cost and no obligation. Be one of the first business owners to sign up and receive $500 in free advertising here on this Townsquare Media 
media station. Call and get started today. Call 233-6000 or visit townsquaremedialafayette.com. Looking for a natural deodorant that really works? You can try a free full-size Myro deodorant today when you sign up. That's M-Y-R-O. Myro keeps you fresh and smelling great all day with its plant-based formula that has no toxic ingredients. Plus, it's not just pro-you, it's pro-planet. Myro's refillable packaging uses 50% less plastic than other deodorants. So ditch the harmful chemicals and take care of yourself with American-made, sustainable products that really work. Visit MyMyRo.com. Enter promo code RADIO to get your free full-size deodorant when you sign up. Pay just $5 for shipping. MyMyRo.com. When you're stressed, you just don't feel like yourself. New Natrol Relaxia, a full line of drug-free supplements to help you manage occasional stress and anxiety. A special blend of herbals keeps you feeling calm and balanced throughout the day. Because when there's less stress, there's more you. Try new Natrol Relaxia. Learn more at relaxiamood.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Morning. How'd you get in my house, me? Through the air conditioning vent. It's dark in there. Go away. How about some Honey Nut Cheerios? Cheerios. Do I look like a child to you? Honey Nut Cheerios are tasty and can help lower cholesterol as part of a heart-healthy diet. Did you just mmm? No. I'm pretty sure I heard a mmm. It was my dryer. You might want to get that thing checked out. Have a change of heart. Honey Nut Cheerios. Learn more about Honey Nut Cheerios by picking up a box at your local store. At Shell, we know from the time you get up to the time you wrap up, there's a lot of meetups, eatups, and hurryups. So come to Shell and get three things done at once. Fill up with Shell V Power Nitro Plus to help keep your engine running like new. Save up with the Fuel Rewards program and never pay full price for gas again. And snack up with in-store rewards to save even more at the pump. Make the most of the stop you need to make with Shell. And engines that continuously use Shell V Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. See full terms and conditions at fuelrewards.com. This is Louisiana Raging Cajun head baseball coach Matt Deggs, and you're listening to the flagship station for UL Sports, ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, ESPN 1420. Now, more of the Great Scott Show with Scott Prather on Sports Radio ESPN 1420. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. Yeah, first question out the gate to Sean yesterday about the decision to not run the timeout. And uh, no, it wasn't about thinking about possibly getting the ball back. It was just all about his gut. At the end, to not run more clock or not go for the touchdown, but to kick the field goal then? Yeah, look, it just had my gut feeling where we were on the field and – uh you know, I feel like we can kick a field goal at that distance without risking any ball security issues. I felt real good about just being able to kick it. I recognized we could have brought the clock down and all those other things. And had there been a turnover, we'd have looked at that. So just my my gut. Hey, Sean, that was the third straight um, three-point win by this team. What does it just say about this um, this group's toughness? Well, listen, it was a, a hard-fought game. Um you know, I, I think uh, second half we played better football in the kicking game. We changed field position. Like we um, defensively, good stops. Uh, it's good when you win it, win it over 
overtime game like that. It's the second one, I think, this year. Um, you know, there's, there's a little bit of grit and toughness, and that's something that you begin to build. I don't think you just start with it. ESPN1420.com, a little bit from Coach Payton there. I uh, got a number of emails and you know, just kind of judging the vibe about Taysom Hill, caller pointed it out. It's amazing that everyone went from loving this guy to suddenly thinking he's like garbage. The truth is he was never as good as many of you thought because the margin for error was was slim. He was put in a good position. He didn't do too many things bad when he got his opportunities, and so you only saw the good. You've seen some of the negative at times, but the guy only had 14 snaps yesterday. It's not a lot. You know what he did with those 14 snaps? Five carries, 35 yards rushing. Say seven yards per carry is pretty good. Two catches for 30 yards. One of them was a 20-yard touchdown. I'm not acting like he, you know, is going to be the NFC Offensive Player of the Week or anything, but, yeah. They're all sitting there trashing the guy while he went out there and was part of the reason they won a close game yesterday. I understand the frustration at times. What are you doing putting him out there? What are you doing taking Breeze out? What are you doing? Man. Breeze, 31 of 41 for 280 yards, two touchdowns. Started hot, ended hot, cooled a little bit in the middle. Kind of like the opposite of a hot pocket. And you ever cook a hot pocket? I haven't had one in years, but in college, you'd like leave it in the microwave for too long because you would feel the outside. You'd be like, I'm not sure. Let me. You just bite into the middle of it and you'd burn your tongue. Breeze is having a really good season, right? Alvin Kamara is having an even better season. 12 rushes, 67 yards, 9 catches, 96 yards. He has 55 catches this season. There's only two running backs with at least 50 catches or more in their first four seasons, other than Kamara, who's already got 55 and they've played seven games. It'd be Matt Forte and LaDainian Tomlinson. Pretty good company. Quarter to nine, ESPN 1420.com. We've talked Cajuns, Tigers, and Saints for the most part this uh, this morning. A little bit of high school football. Haven't dug into the rest of Week 8 in the NFL. But the Patriots, I like that Rex Ryan goes on TV and he's like, I'm going to call it now. Their, their dynasty's done. Wait. <laughs> Way to go. Way to go, Rex. Way to go out there and, uh, and 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 go ahead and make that call when they're coming off of a loss and having their worst season of the 21st century. When they have tons of players that are out. They had more players than any other team opt out this year due to COVID. Don't have that guy named Tom Brady who will be on TV tonight and they're playing the Giants, so it's a rental win and uh, expect the Monday night broadcast to basically just be the Tom Brady show. That's all they're going to talk about. That's all they're going to talk about. Cowboys continue to lose. DK Metcalf is one of the best wide receivers in the world. Holy cow. Seattle won double digits. Uh, the, the Broncos got a win by a point against the Chargers. No one watched that game. The big one was Pittsburgh and Baltimore. Like We deserved that game last night. That game should have been at night. Not that garbage game. I, I'll be honest. Cowboys-Eagles? With daylight savings and the exhausting weekend I had, I was asleep by the second quarter. 
And I woke up, I'm like, well, I didn't miss much. That sleep was a lot more valuable than my time had I stayed up to watch that thing. That was awful. Meanwhile, Pittsburgh-Baltimore is a game that went down to the final play against two rivals, and Pittsburgh is the only undefeated team in the NFL. Miami's good, y'all. Jared Goff looked bad. Miami was getting after it defensively. Tua gets a win. Kansas City played the Jets, so they had a rent a win. Aaron Rodgers went down. Greg's upset. They lose to the Vikings because Dalvin Cook gets it done. Four touchdowns for Dalvin. Um, Vegas beat the Browns. Baker Mayfield looked bad. Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry drops balls like every week, y'all. I mean, I love Jarvis. I'm not. I'm not trying to dog him, but it's again the perception doesn't meet the reality. Every time he drops a pass, an announcer's like, "Oh my, rare drop by Landry." Yeah, have you watched the Browns? Have you watched the highlights? Have you looked at a stat sheet? Do you follow the? Do you follow this team? This game you're actually calling right now? Did you do much research? The Titans went down. Joe Burrow throws for two forty nine. The Bengals win by eleven. That was one of the surprise upsets as well yesterday. Vikings and Bengals, uh, and of course the Bills beat uh, beat the Pats. Late fumble by Cam Newton. Proved to be costly. And uh, Buffalo right now just cruising in the AFC East. So you have some of these teams are halfway through the season. Every team's played at least seven or eight games. And if you look at the teams with the winning records, the Browns the Browns are five and three, but they they they've been outscored by thirty one points this year. They're just they seem to be moving in the wrong direction. The Dolphins are four and three. They feel better at this point. The Colts are five and two, yet nobody wants to believe in them at all because, you know, they lost to the Browns and the Jaguars, and people are saying, "Well, Philip Rivers isn't playing great, and he's not playing all that great." But the Colts have a really strong defense, and they might win the AFC South. They were my prediction before the season to do so. In the West, the Raiders are four and three, but no one's taking them serious. And the Chiefs, well, they're just going to cruise in the West. The East in the NFC doesn't have a single team with a winning record. The Bears are 5-3, and three, but no one's taking them serious. Arizona, Seattle, the Rams, yes. The NFC West, probably the best division in football, though the Niners at 4-4 four and four had Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle leave in the fourth quarter yesterday with injuries. So they're sinking. Carolina's come back down to earth quite a bit with a losing record. And the Falcons are the Falcons. So in the South, it's the Saints, it's the Bucks, and NBC's assuming the Bucs win tonight, got their dream matchup next Sunday. It'll be the highest-rated game of the regular season. Braves, Breedy, maybe tied for the touchdown record all-time in the NFL, going back and forth, dueling a battle for first place. Michael Thomas's likely first game back. Antonio Brown's first game back in the NFL since his exit. Yeah. And then in the north, you got the Packers, who lost to the Vikings yesterday, and the Bears, who are 5-3. and three. What truly is a big surprise in the NFL to this point? Is there one out there? Is there a big surprise? Has anything happened thus far that makes you say, boy, I didn't see that coming? You could say, if you're not being a hater, you could say you thought the Cowboys would be better. I mean, I certainly did, but they also had a, a ridiculous amount of injuries, and that's just a fact. It's true. 
when they were starting somebody, a quarterback named Danucci. Ben Danucci. Sacked four times, two fumbles, 180 yards passing, penalties, pre-stat penalties. It was about what you expected. It was about what you expected. Emails, you can email me, scott at ESPN1420.com. Troy emails. He says the Dolphins. I shared a tweet from Jeff Darlington. Now ranked number one in the NFL in defensive points allowed. Says I don't know that there's a single person other than Dolphins fans who can name more than one, maybe two starters. Points out no defensive player is over 30 years old. Signs of a promising future. I agree. I agree. And their shot of getting into the playoffs this year with seven teams in there is great, but it's not more. It's not so much about this season for the Dolphins as it is the future seasons. But they've got some players, man. Shaq Lawson is really good. Kyle Van Noy, that was a good signing. And and I think they got some pretty good players. Byron Jones is a former first round pick. They have a ton of draft picks coming up soon. Tua got his first start against the Rams team with a ferocious defensive line, but he was fine. He was fine. You know, what was he, 12 of 22? He was okay. Played it safe. Didn't have to do anything crazy. He wasn't fantastic, right? Wasn't fantastic, but I think he did good. What was his official numbers? It was 12 of 22, right? 93 yards, took a sack. I mean, just just played it safe. Managed the game. Got to win in his first start, only 22. But for Miami right now, it's their defense that's getting things done. They're really, really good. Really good. So now you got the trade deadline coming. The Patriots are basically saying everybody's everybody's on the trade block. The, here's one guarantee I have for you. The Saints will make a move this week. They will, they will make a trade for... I don't know who, but it will happen. Um, Ryan Kerrigan, I, I don't understand why the Washington football team wouldn't trade a guy who wants out who's, what, in the last year of his deal? Maybe Kerrigan just doesn't want to leave. Who knows? But that would be a welcome addition to the Saints at this point, for sure. Coming up next, Steve Pelequin with Beyond the Game. Enjoy your Monday, everybody. Stay warm. Welcome to November. We got plenty in store for you this week, lining up a lot of different guests. Don't go anywhere. It's Acadiana's best sports leader for Acadiana's best sports fans. Big thanks to everybody who tuned in, all the calls, and to Billy Napier, Rage Occasion head coach, joining me back in the 7 o'clock hour. Have a good one, everybody. This is ESPN1420 and.com. Thanks, you know,